Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Come explore what it means to be a modern woman who dares to remember her sacred self. <laughs> well, hello there. This is Dawn Champagne, the creatrix of the Goddess Diaries Radio, what you're listening to right now. And I'm also the writer at the blog of the same name, and all month long, we are exploring the themes of the goddess Lilith. And in this episode of the Goddess Diaries Radio, we are going to talk about the symbolism of hair, (laughs) our peculiar shaving rituals, hairy women, and the unconscious consent of patriarchal norms. Sorry about that intro there. I have been listening to the band Crass all morning long, totally energized, totally um, channeling my former inner riot girl self (laughs) back in the 90s, early 90s. um, In my early 20s, I loved listening to the band Crass. And one of my favorite albums by this punk rock band was Penis Envy. And that was an album that was put together by the female members of the band. And it was kind of a pre, um, well, I guess it was during the feminist movement, the second wave feminist movement. And it was really a kind of an anarchist, punk rock, feminist manifesta. And I loved it. For some reason, I woke up this morning at 4 a.m., I could not get back to sleep. And instead of lying in bed and tossing and turning all morning, I woke up, got up, started my day. And when I logged on to the computer, I, I don't know how it came up, but it did. I must've had, I put it in my calendar at some point over the past year, but today is Lilith day, feast of Lilith. And I just thought how appropriate to start the morning out with this nervous energy and listen to some crass, shaved women collaborators, <laughs> original riot girl, yeah. So anyway, okay, so this episode, all about the goddess Lilith and all about the weird things that we do regarding our shaving rituals. So bizarre, I know. <laughs> so let's get into it, shall we? Um, I think that there's not a woman alive, at least in our culture today, who doesn't have a first time shaving story. And I was, of course, (laughs) reminded of my own story when I put on that song, Shaved Women by Crass. And I remember I was in the seventh grade when I first shaved my legs the very first time, and it did not go well at all. I wasn't supposed to shave. (laughs) 
Um, but I don't know. I was, I felt really self-conscious. I felt like I was the only one in my gym class who wasn't shaving her legs at the time. And I just took it upon myself to one day use my older brother's razor in the shower and I shaved my legs. And on that first attempt, I, oh God, it was terrible. <laughs> on the first swipe up my shin, my shin bone, I took the top layer of skin clean off from nearly down from my ankle all the way up to my knee and blood just oozed everywhere. It was terrible. Not only was it painful, but I knew I was going to get in trouble and I tried to hide it. I tried to hide the fact that I shaved my legs because I knew my stepmother would be angry with me. I used up all the band-aids trying to stop the bleeding, but that didn't work because you know when you shave when you cut yourself shaving, it just ugh, it just doesn't ever stop. So what I ended up doing was I I finally um taped toilet paper to my leg. <laughs> and I tried to hide it from my stepmom, but somehow she found out. She found out the very next day and she asked me to show her the cut that I had on my leg. And I was shaking. My hands were shaking as I pulled up my pant leg to, to reveal the DIY bandages that I had taped to my leg with duct tape and toilet paper. <laughs> and she just looked at me and she was like, huh, you deserve what you got. And I was mortified. <laughs> I was absolutely mortified. And I wish that I could say that this experience taught me the absurdity of our little cultural ritual of shaving, but it really didn't, really didn't. I mean, I still shave my legs today. Um, and I mean, I don't know. I, I wonder though, I often wonder as a woman who is dedicated to studying the divine feminine, Am I subconsciously consenting or consciously consenting to patriarchal norms by shaving my legs? I don't know. Let's talk about this a little bit. Let's talk about it. What do you think? Maybe you can weigh in with the, you know, with your comments back on the blog there. But um, I, I don't know. Let's let's share your shaving stories. But I'm going to get into Lilith here. Um, and the reason why I chose the title in praise of quote unquote hairy women, <laughs> it's because I thought it was funny. I thought, you know, whenever I read about Lilith, it comes up that she is a hairy woman. And I often think this is funny. I mean, is it a bad thing to be hairy? Because that's what the whole, um, the whole uh, description implies is that because she is hairy, she is somehow evil or a bad woman. And as you probably are well aware, gendered insults, name calling, um, anytime we can put down women, that is one way of disempowering strong women. And we do know from her story that Lilith is a very strong personality. Now, the way I look at it, I, I try not to personify deity um, in my, well, in my own practice, I, I, I view Lilith as an energy, as I, as I view all goddess energies, kind of an energy 
not really a personification. But I will reference the energy as a she or a her. So, um, and of course, we have the old mythological stories, the folklore that also personify these energies. So in that vein, I am speaking in that way. But um, in case you don't know who Lilith is, or if you're just turning, tuning in for the first time and haven't heard the previous podcast, Lilith is an ancient goddess whose origins date back to pre-biblical times, pre-biblical cultures, and was said to have originated in Sumer as a goddess of wind, elemental air, sacred sexuality. But over time, her story was co-opted by the uh, new culture that came in, the new dominating prevailing culture, Hebrew traditions. And that's where we get most of her story from, is from the Hebrew mythology. And so according to Hebrew mythology, Lilith was Adam's first wife in the creation myth. And according to which version of the story that you believe or listen to or whatever, Lilith was either cast out of the Garden of Eden for her rebellious ways, or she chose to leave because she was protesting being dominated. So <laughs> as I mentioned in previous podcasts, um, Lilith was demonized. She was demonized by this new patriarchal culture where in her ancient um, Sumerian origins, which was a matriarchal culture, she was revered and honored for who she was. Still had a dark side, quote unquote, to her, but was um, she, she held a place of esteem. But in this new culture, she was demonized. You know, the name calling, the um, basically patriarchy requires our acceptance and our submission, our subservience to continue their particular system. And so name calling is one way to disempower the quote unquote weaker sex as they would have us believe. Um, as a side note, I find it interesting too, and kind of in the same vein, but as a side note, Lilith was cast as a baby killer by this new culture, baby killer and an evil seductress, two things that show up in the more modern tales associated with her. But according to her more ancient lore, Lilith was known as a midwife. She was known as a temple priestess two very honorable professions in her Sumerian culture. So I just find it interesting to see how easy it is for the incoming culture to take the existing tales and twist them to suit their new system. And that's exactly what we have here. And I find it interesting, too, that even in modern day culture, we do live in a patriarchal society. We know that. And in our modern day culture, women put up with a lot of name calling. We put up with a lot of slut shaming. Um, anytime it appears as if a woman is getting too far ahead, uh, there are there can be attempts made to reel her back in again by cutting her down, calling her names. We witnessed that in the debates last week, the third and final debate between political candidates Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. And again, 
I don't want to get into a political discussion here, but it was interesting to me to see that play out on a public platform, public, sorry, public platform. That's hard to say. And uh, yeah, and just witness it in real time like that. I, I also wonder how many women have been, um, have experienced that themselves in their own lives. So um, I don't know. I feel like there was a strong, a strong um, resonance to that experience that we witnessed in the debates last week, which is why women all over the internet kind of glommed on to this uh, name calling episode and reclaimed it, reclaimed that label of nasty woman for themselves and took back that power. And I, again, find or feel rather that that is the current Lilith energy that is at play right now. There's a very strong current of Lilith energy going on, astrologically speaking. will continue through the month of October, and it's just interesting to witness it all, see it happen in, in real life. So anyway, as I mentioned in the previous podcast, the goddess Lilith also came to be associated with a number of different gruesome or fearful qualities, such as chaos, of rebellion, of darkness, of wildness. And now in and of these um, things themselves, they're not necessarily bad things uh, unless, you know, you're they're taken in context. But there are a lot of stories that exist um, in the Bible and elsewhere that talk about Lilith as being all of these things. And it's implied that she is a gruesome monster. <laughs> um, one of the ways that we know this is because in the Bible, there are a couple of stories about how hairy she was. <laughs> For instance, in the story of the Queen of Sheba coming to meet King Solomon. Now, it doesn't necessarily say in the Bible itself, but in the Midrash, the Midrashim, the Midrashic texts, uh, which are the rabbinical explanations of those, um, I guess, the indiscrepancies found in the in the sacred scripts, the Bible, and the you know all the holy texts. Um, they have an explanation for why these particular things were omitted. But in the story of the Queen of Sheba coming to meet King Solomon, it said that um, King Solomon thought she was Lilith in disguise. And in order to find out for certain, he had his architects build a floor made of glass around the throne. And so when Queen of Sheba arrived, she had to walk across this glass. She thought it was water. And so wishing she didn't want to get her skirt wet. So she pulled up her skirt. And that's when King Solomon found that her legs were hairy. <laughs> so interesting little bit of folklore there. And yes, it is said that Lilith was quite hairy. And I want to explore this a little bit because all women are hairy. We all have hair on our heads, on our bodies, our armpits, our legs, our vaginas, you know, we all have hair. And so 
when we listen to this part of her story, that Lilith is a hairy creature, it was intended to be a gruesome detail, a warning to not uh, follow in Lilith's path. And that um, women who did follow Lilith would have holy hell to pay. And that it was a shameful thing to be hairy. But that's our natural self. That's, that's who we are. I mean, we grow body hair, right? So the symbolism of hair. Hair has long held massive symbolism throughout history, throughout mythology, in all kinds of folklore. Hair equals strength. It's a kind of life force energy. And according to the Dictionary of Symbolism, hair in general represents energy. And it's got a number of different meanings. So for instance, on the head, hair is a symbol of your spirituality or a symbol of your closeness to God. But hair on the body represents the more basal instincts, the wild nature, the instinctual will, if you will. <laughs> um, and even in like uh, paintings and such of the Garden of Eden, the Renaissance paintings, the ro the romantic paintings. Um, you see, for instance, um, Adam before the fall is represented as beardless and hairless. But after the fall, he has long hair and a bushy beard. So interesting little piece of symbolism there. It shows up time and again in tribal cultures, in ancient cultures, in traditional cultures. Hair was a symbol of power. It was, again, symbolic of one's life force. It's also symbolic of wisdom and of strength. Another mention in the Bible of, about hair was the story of Samson and Delilah. And I'm sure most of us are familiar with this story, but it goes that. Samson was the strongest man in all the world, and Delilah was sent in to seduce him, to try to find out his secret of his strength, and to emasculate him. And when he, Samson, fell in love with Delilah, he whispered to her, the strength, my hair is my secret. My, the strength, you know, the secret is in my strength, sorry. The secret of my strength is in my hair. And so when he was sleeping, Delilah cut his hair and he was taken as a slave um, where, you know, every, I don't know what happened then. But anyway, <laughs> he was taken as a slave. And later, after his hair grew back, he ended up because he was chained to two pillars. Once he was strong enough again, he collapsed the pillars and therefore the temple collapsed, killing everybody inside. Um, so. That was an interesting story mentioned in the Bible, and it all goes back to Samson being a man of strength and close to God. It was a God-given strength that he had. Um, but Lilith has really strong associations with air, with the element of air. And because hair is also symbolic of thoughts and opinions, 
I think that's an interesting correlation as well, because in tarot or even just elemental magic, air is also associated with thoughts, wisdom, opinions, anything of that nature, the, the mind realms. And hair actually is the outer manifestation, symbolically speaking, the outer manifestation of our inner thoughts, our ideas, our opinions. So for Lilith to be described as hairy is one way to ward off the curiosity seekers. You know, they, they um, wanted you to be fearful. But really what this means is that she's not hideous or fearsome, but that she does have a lot of power. She was described as hairy, and we know that she is a force to be reckoned with. So we can see beneath all of that vitriol and shame. And we know that the hair on her body is really representative of not only her wisdom, but her body wisdom. I hope that makes sense. And the other thing is that there are a lot of stories about different deities, uh, creatures, throughout mythology, throughout goddess culture. For instance, I'm thinking of Medusa and the Gorgons. Uh, Medusa had a, a head full of snakes for hair and the snakes were said to be poisonous and could possibly ensnare you, you know? Um, another tale that tells us that hair has magical powers. Um, my friend Lenora Henson, who wrote the books, the Wicked Garden series, she told me one time that angels are said to adore the hair of the ones that they watch over. And I believe even in the Bible, Corinthians, uh, St. Paul is said to um, instruct women to cover their hair because of the angels. There's no real definition or reason why he said that, but I think it's because angels are said to touch human hair while you're praying or while they're watching over you. But angels and fairies love human hair. I know when I visited Ireland, I uh, woke up with some tousled hair <laughs> and was told that the fairies tied my hair in the knot in knots when I was sleeping. So, you know, the fae love messing with the hair. They will tie it in knots when you sleep, so do be warned. <laughs> and even in Native American traditions, hair is said to symbolize wisdom. And the longer the hair, the older the wisdom, the older the thoughts, and therefore more wisdom. And to cut off one's hair in the Native tradition is said to cut them off from their intuitive powers. So in a lot of earth-based spiritual traditions, hair is used to represent a person. And the person from who the hair came, from whom the hair came, um, it's said to actually be that person, a representation of that person. So using someone's hair in a spell for protection or binding lends a, a, another strength to that particular spell. Um, Anyway, so in light of hair being a powerful force of personal magic, I find all of this very interesting that Lilith would be described as a hairy woman, especially in the sense that it's a it's supposed to be a demeaning thing that, you know, it's supposed to imply that she's a monster or that she's ugly. 
And isn't it interesting that in our current modern culture, when we take this into consideration that we have these rituals of women shaving their body hair? And what, what does that tell us? Well, it tells us that, I think <laughs> it tells us that by participating in this ritual, we are consenting to this patriarchal norm that women should be cut off from their basal instincts, that it is dangerous for women to be in touch with their intuitive self, with their sensuality, with their more gruesome self, to be in touch with their inner Lilith could be a very dangerous thing for the patriarchy. And it was even, you know, even uh, common in a lot of early Christian traditions for people to shave their body hair because shaving their body hair would get them closer to God. The more hair on their head, closer to God, the less body hair they would renounce. And they looked at body hair as a sign of materialism. And so renouncing that materialism, they'd shave their body hair. But with body hair, it's a sign that you are of the material world and that you are in touch with all of those basal more primitive wild instincts. And so what do we do today? What do we do today? Like I said, we shave. We have the ritual of shaving our body hair. And I do believe that it is a carryover from um, those ancient customs of trying to get closer to God, but that over time, over time and with a lot of practice, it just became ingrained in us. It is a totally unconscious thing. I don't even, you know, going back, thinking about my first shaving experience, all I remember was the whole body shame, body dysmorphia, body image issues that I had. I felt like I was awkward and an outsider, somehow rejected. Even in my own home growing up, I didn't feel like I belonged. You know, I didn't feel like I belonged in that gym when I had to dress down for PE class, <laughs> you know, because I had hairy legs. It made me feel like an outcast. And so unconsciously as a young girl, I mean, I was 13 years old at the time, um, I took it upon myself to try to fit in by participating in this, this ritual of, I would, I don't know if it's a woman's uh, mystery <laughs> or what, but it, I guess it could be considered that way because it is very common in our modern culture for girls to, you know, initiate themselves in that way into womanhood. Um, so as I'm talking about shaving, I, I'm not necessarily advocating for us to stop the practice of shaving. Like I said, I still shave. I still shave my legs. I still shave my armpits. I, sh I shave, okay? And I know a lot of women do. And I know a lot of women feel very comfortable shaving and would probably feel uncomfortable not doing so. I look at it more as a metaphor, just like everything that I'm talking about. I, I think of Lilith as a metaphor. I think of, you know, the, the astrologue astrological energies as a metaphor. Um, I think of, you know, all these myths and stories that we glean from different sources, the Bible, the Midrashic accounts, all of these different things are all metaphors that we can use for our 
existence right now, our current reality. And so when I talk about shaving, I'm talking about as a metaphor. And that shaving has somehow, this ritual of shaving has somehow disconnected us from our instinctual self. So I'm not talking about stopping the practice in the physical sense, but I am saying that we can think about this on a deeper symbolic level and choose to get hairy <laughs> and get in touch with our body wisdom and develop our more primitive forces within and, and bring those out and and the wild nature that's inherent to us all and really tap into our intuition in a new way that teaches us how to navigate in this world because that's what Lilith energy is all about. It's about how we are in this world. Are we acting from an authentic place within or are we responding to the conditioning around us? So there's that. Well, she's just given me my 90 second moment. So I just want to say that with all of that, um, I hope that you think about that. I hope you think about how these metaphors and symbols can apply to your everyday reality and how you can get in touch with your inner Lilith. There's so much more about hair um, that I wanted to talk about. The slang term being, you know, the slang term hairy, which means difficult, dangerous, or stressful. <laughs> so Lilith is a hairy woman. Yes, she is difficult. Yes, she is dangerous. And sometimes we just need to tap into our inner bad girl self so that we know that we are truly living and alive and that we can use our intuition for the power tool that it is to help us navigate in this world. And I guess that's all I have for you today. I just rambled on. But if you enjoyed this episode, I, I hope that you go back and leave your comments and a rating at iTunes. There's a link here on the blog. Also, sign up for your three free gifts by signing up for the newsletter. And I really hope you enjoyed this episode. of the Until next time, I love you guys to the moon and back. I'll see you on the blog. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.